0: Hello and welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. In this, our fifth episode, we talk with Martin Potter, an avid runner in Boston. Martin writes the Cheeky Running blog, a collection of anecdotes and product reviews relating to running. We discuss with him the role of technology in distance running and some of the trends he sees on the streets. Enjoy! <laughs> welcome to the Sports Technology Podcast. Um, I'm Henry. and With me, uh, Mike and Brian. Say hello, guys. Hi, I'm Mike. Hey, how's it going, guys? It's uh, Brian here. And uh, this week we're speaking with um, Martin Potter from Boston. He's, he keeps a blog called The Cheeky Runner.
1: Hello. So, yeah, this great. this actually might be quite confusing to the listeners because I'm English and live in America, and you guys are American and live in England.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Get
2: it all. So, yeah. So today we're going to talk a little bit about running with Martin. So run. Martin is involved in a lot of kind of running-related products, just looking at new products, keeping in with the, the latest trends as he runs at Boston, and really kind of hitting the, on those on his blog called uh, Cheeky Running, and it's www.cheekyrunning.com. So why don't we just start about a little bit with how you get into running and kind of how you became interested in the sport as well. Sure, yeah.
1: Um, you know, first of all, thanks again for asking me to, to sort of talk with you about this. It's uh, one of my favorite topics, um, so you might have to cut me off near the end. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, you know, I, I um, I've been running for a while. You know, when I was I would, obviously went to school in England, and we had cross country running and stuff like that there. But not comp- not particularly competitively, uh, but I did a lot of you know a lot of running back then during the winter and then some, some track in the summertime and then throughout my twenties I got kinda lazy entering a few 5k's here and there and then you know, when I came to America ten years ago a lot of my friends and the company I was working at entered 5k you know the corporate challenges and that sort of thing it, it reminded me of you know how I used to enjoy it when I was younger and how I used to follow all the track meets and stuff on TV I'm sure you guys know that over in, over in Europe the, the the international track meets throughout the summer is so much bigger and more televised than they are, they are here in the US I really got into it and then yeah, like I moved to Boston four years ago, and then I was um, I just moved here two months before the marathon. And I, I'd run a few half marathons before that, and I just realized that I, I, it was time time for me to sign up for a marathon. So I signed up for New York, raised money for it, and I just caught the bug. And I remember I put on Facebook something about running a marathon, and this girl I used to know from from, from school back in uh, back in England. She was like, "Wow, you've caught the running bug. You be careful, you, you know." And she was right. It was it was one of those things. And now I you know sort of live and breathe it. Everyone, most of my friends I met in Boston through running. Mike, I met you through, through the through Nike Town Running Club, I think it was.
2: Yeah, back in the day, about three years ago or
1: so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, and it's just this massive community. I mean, Boston is like one of the, you know, one of the central places in the U.S., perhaps even the world for, for running and, you know, the running heritage here. I just immersed myself in it, and I, I, I that's how Cheeky Running came about. I started writing about it, and uh, I signed up for the Boston Big Sur Marathon Challenge last year. a stupid idea, but I would qualified for Boston, and I uh, thought, okay, well, why not do Big Sur, too?
2: And these are marathons, you're talking, right?
1: These are marathons, yeah, sorry, yeah, the, the marath- they were done like, it was April and May, just, just gone, and someone suggested that I write a blog about it, a training blog, and I started doing it, and then it, like a snowball, it suddenly turned into Cheeky Running after a few months, and I combined it with my marketing and, and so forth. That's a really long answer to what you were looking for there.
2: Yeah, so kind right. of what do you hope, in in terms of the Cheeky Running blog, what is it, um, it started up as a training kind of diary. Where have you taken it since?
1: Yeah, it started off as a training diary because, you know, I said, a lot of my friends um, run here and I, I will be posting, like when I trained for a Chicago marathon two years and two years ago and then Berlin and Boston last year, I'd post my training runs on Facebook and then I was cognizant that maybe only 30% of my Facebook friends were <laughs> runners and everybody else so I was just probably boring or annoying. Um, so someone suggested, how about you just do a, put a, you know, start a blog up and I'd done a couple of blogs before. Um, you know, several years ago about other about technology. I just started doing it and then I I started reflecting on, you know, the company I was working for was a marketing company and they said, Well, why don't you, you know, talk about some of the technology, some of the brands that you use. You know, you love Garmin watches, you run in these shoes. And so I started doing that. And then I actually kind of got it was fun. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed you know some random people would tell me that they like reading it, which sort of bowled me over. I was like, wow, people read this stuff? It's really poor. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh and then I guess it just took off from then.
2: Is that a way that companies are kind of really targeting like some of this like Facebook or Twitter stuff, or is it still kind of word of mouth? Like, if you see another person running in a in a cool pair of shoes or running, wearing a cool watch, is that just an, as effective in kind of spreading the message for some of these brands? I,
1: I think that's a good question. I think like you know, it, running obviously is a, is something that I, I, you know, I know something about as a consumer, um, but it's Everything. in mean, the last two or three years that the big recession hit. When was that? Back in two thousand and eight. The same time that Twitter and Facebook started gaining a critical mass. And in the last sort of two or three years, every everything's changing. You know, before it was, you know, it was it was advertisements. You know, per, um, you know, a race or a or a company might sort of like you know put adverts in the in runners' world or magazines or certain places where runners might be reading. Now, it, you know, a lot of it is word of mouth. Um, I actually wrote about this back in December. I think it was about. How I got into Newton running shoes was, a, you know, was was an event that was that was emailed to me and I saw on Facebook and I ended up going to it. You know, Newton spend pretty much, as far as I'm aware, don't spend hardly money any money at all on on advertising. I think they post adverts and you know, um, printed ads in competitor magazine, and that's that's all I've ever seen. But I got to know about them through the internet. You know, people saying I'm going to this Newton running event, you should come. I, out of pure nosiness, I clicked on their Facebook wall, went to it, and you know, got into Newtons that way. Um, you know the garmin for you know the garmin watches i I personally have been have have stood there and shown somebody how it works and told them how awesome it was and where they could buy it and then two weeks later on that person's wearing one you know so it 's that sort of word of mouth I think there's a lot of that in the running world because you're, you're together a lot and especially with shoes if someone likes Asics and says they 're good, then chances are you know the average runner probably won 't do that much research we'll be like, okay, well, my friend wears them, and so does she so i uh, they must be good, right? Do you
3: think starting the blog has made you more interested in technology, or do you think that beforehand you were, you know, just just one of those normal runners who didn't really take an interest or did the very few reviews before you bought the product? Do you think now that you're getting in the industry, you're you're taking it more seriously or looking into technology more?
1: Um, I think I've always I've always been interested. I I think what I was unaware of until relatively recently. Um, I've you know I'm a re- recent convert to Twitter, for example, is how how well it enables you to sort of focus and find out information directly from the source. Yeah. And you can also, you know, just do the, the the that's one thing. And the second thing is just a huge amount of reviews and stories and anecdotes out there. And you know, you know, the big the big buzz at the moment is minimalist running, for example, yeah. or you know, you can go online and just get hundreds of opinions about, you know, I look on the, the back end of my blog and I see how people have come to it. And they've come to it with quite, you know, Google questions of things like Newton versus Nike Free. That Google has pushed them to push them to my blog based on that Google search, and you know, and that th- that amazes me. How uh, just w- what a resource it is for you know h- how armed we can be as as consumers and as runners out there via the internet.
3: It's wonderful though. That I do think that the the amount of resource though is is also slightly confusing as well. You know, who do we believe whenever they say we should jump into minimalist running, for example, or should we take it easy and try? Kind of halfway shoes. I don't even know if they have a name at the minute, but there's certainly some <laughs> companies out there marketing a bridge bridge between normal running shoe and a minimalist running shoe. So, true. As I said, you know who, who are the experts? And
1: well, that's I mean that, that's the sort of million dollar question. And just, <laughs> I'm sort of smiling as you said that because another example of that would be, you know, when when people get injured. So it's funny. Like about just over two years ago or a year and a half ago, I, I started getting. Well, this is me being doctor. I self-diagnosed it as plantar fasciitis. Go to the doctor. Who does that, right? Yeah. But, um, and you know, I mean, that, that's what you know. That I had I'd run a really good Chicago race. I'd got the Chicago Marathon. I got my fastest time, and then afterwards, I you know, I switched shoes. I perhaps went back into running quicker than I should have done, and then I, I pretty much crippled myself for a few weeks. And I didn't know what was going on. And I was asking people, going online, going to the the drugstore and stuff to get different all these different contraptions. And then everywhere I was looking online, there was just different solutions, different, uh, different ideas on getting rid of this thing. Yeah. And um, it was just confusing. And in the end, actually, the guy who works in the gym near me showed me two stretches that I need to do to relieve it. And they worked.
3: And they worked?
1: <laughs> yeah, it worked. Two calf stretches. And so I'd spent over $100 on like, leg braces and all this nonsense. Yeah. So I shouldn't say nonsense, but for me it was. Yeah. And um, you know, so that's, you're right, exactly. Too much information. Well, that's great. Sometimes. I love it. <laughs>
3: I love just finding the the key points and I'm trying to understand everyone's point of views and stuff. But I think it's great.
2: Yeah. Okay. So you've brought up uh, a little bit on the Newton running shoe. Like maybe we can talk about a little about about that, and then maybe get into like a, a minimalist discussion in terms of kind of emerging trends. You see, obviously, kind of running shoes have been changing quite a bit over the last few years. And um, kind of what do you see um, kind of on the ground in Boston or kind of in your race experience, like what are people wearing now? What is um, kind of the big trend?
1: Great. I mean, this is, um, you know, the Newton running shoes. Um, it's interesting. I don't know if you saw the news, but last week it was pretty big news here in Boston that um, the the guy that bought the North American license for Reebok, I think back in 1979, prior to that they were a British company, um, he bought the U.S. license for it, made Reebok obviously a really big player over here, certainly in the more the fitness lifestyle kind of brands. perhaps not so much running. Um, he sold us. Obviously, they, they, Reebok sold to Adidas a few years ago. He's just last week announced the twenty million dollar stake in Newton Running. Right. Uh, you know, Newton Running, an independent company based out of Colorado. And the founders of it, um, Danny, and uh, I, I forgot the other guy's name. Now, they, 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 they've been developing this technology for years and uh, you know launched it I uh, believe three years ago. It's been growing through word of mouth, especially for the triathlete sort of in, um, community. And I love it. I mean, I like the technology of it because. It, I have this. I have this. This is my own theory. And just discussing with, with with people is that, like, if you're like me, the majority of runners who didn't really do competitive track and stuff when they were at school, and certainly in, in England, I hate to sort of put down the school I went to, but there wasn't really much coaching about running style and running form and about how to do it properly. Perhaps if you're a swimmer, they teach you how to how to do butterfly or breaststroke properly. When it comes to running, I don't think you get that sort of coaching. Yeah, so you might. Everyone pick thinks up, it's all
3: natural, don't they?
1: Exactly, yeah. So you pick up these bad habits when you're, you know, and I think the Newton running, what they've done is they force you to sort of focus on your style. And to me, I I, I was really skeptical and the price was was pretty high. And then I, uh, a couple of my friends who were wearing them, like you probably know Dave Johnson, um, you know, he was wearing them like two or three years ago. And they're colorful as, as heck, you know, they look like running with peacocks on your feet or something. <laughs> and, uh, and I, I went to this symposium last summer at MIT, and then I tried them on. And they had a you know, celebrity who I knew, Zola Budd from the '80s. You know, she was big, big probably English South African Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Brian, you probably remember her as well. Oh, you know, yeah, she, Big superstar there. She lives in the US now, and she was coaching. I was a little bit, a little bit starstruck, if I'm honest. And um, I was like, you know, what? I'm going to give these a shot. And I had a 10% discount that day, so they weren't quite as expensive. And I, I've, I've been wearing, wearing them almost for a year now. I've done free marathons in them and uh, all sorts of stuff. And they really have focused, they, they maybe, so they've given me that sort of the minimalist, I'm doing that in quotes now, sort of the barefoot natural running style to focus on that, to the midfoot strike and the, you know, the shorter cadence, the perhaps leaning forward slightly, but in a shoe that's not, that doesn't, that, that's not like the Vibram five, five Fingers, that looks terif- terrifyingly, terrifyingly minimal. God, it's, it's hard to minimalist. <laughs> <laughs> so
0: for the people who are, um, these aren't the kinds of things that I've seen on a, on a shelf or store shelf before, I, I think I may have seen one out and about, but it's, it's. you just want to describe it, I, I think of it as, as kind of like a, a shoe, but without, like, if you shifted some of the material from the heel to the midfoot, this is kind of how I imagine it, but what, what would you say is the, the biggest difference between them and a normal parachute?
1: It's funny, I mean, first of all, it's, uh it, the, the logo on the side, do you know the British Airways logo that has like the swoosh? Yeah. yeah, it's kind of the Newton logo is kind of like that almost. So if you see that on someone's shoe, then that's you know in a funny color. And that, the, the shoe from the outside, like, you know, someone standing them looks like a normal sort of running shoe, doesn't? Yeah. Apart from it, it's kind of colorful. Um, but if you if you ask someone to lift it up, it, the the front of it, like the bit under the underneath, just, just the ball of your foot, just behind your toes, has like I'm getting out of my depth here now. So if someone Newton hears this, then they can probably correct me. But the, mm-hmm. some accentuated lugs or something they call them. And basically it just raises up your, so when you put them on, it raises up the sort of front of your foot and your heel doesn't quite touch the ground. Right. So when you're running, it forces you to sort of land on that, on that middle of your foot, which is the correct running pose, we're told. Um, and if you try and heel strike, which, you know, apparently is terribly bad for, for, for most of us, you no, know, for most, most runners, then it, it, it's hard to do that in those shoes. It just doesn't feel right.
3: So do you feel as if you're, your center of mass is... Is moving forward more, so you're instead of and yeah,
1: exactly right. In. I think that that's what that's what they were telling us is the science behind it is you know is you lean it makes you lean forward, which yeah. is why I guess why they named it after you know Isaac Newton the the, the gravity guy. That <laughs> 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 that was the theory behind it is that you know is you use gravity and, and physics to pull you forward. That, that that's the theory, and to, and to me it worked. I mean, it's interesting. It took a it took a while to transition into them because after you know if you go to the gym and you do you suddenly do like fifteen bicep curls and a weight that you haven't really trained for yeah. and the next day your arms are burning, it's the same with those on your calves. You have ca- exactly the same feeling. You can, you, know, you have to take it really easy to start with because your legs get a serious workout.
3: Especially around the, the calf and the soleus area or do you find it more in the front of your legs? The calf,
1: definitely the calf. Yeah. Okay. And The funny thing is, is, prior to that I was, uh, I was wearing um, high stability um, shoes. So you know the shoes with the, obviously stability, the thicker foam on the, on the inside? Mm-hmm to correct, correct my gait. I was wearing those, um, really high stability ones. For two marathons, I've done them, and I was getting I got terrible shin splints, a huge blister. If, if, you're re- if your listeners are really bored, they can go back through my website and look up Boston Marathon from last year. <laughs> 2010, there's a picture of an enormous blister that I got, and I think that was from like correcting, a, correcting my gait from like wearing the wrong shoes. And, it's uh, blisters, We've done a few bit of research on blisters,
3: so it's quite that's interesting that's to that's hear a what a you think p- on it.
1: But- my friend Scott took a picture of a picture of my Boston Marathon medal next to the blister, and I think the blister, <laughs> I feel well.
3: that's a prized possession <laughs> on I your see. wall.
1: <laughs> it's a picture for the ladies, that's for sure. Yeah.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Who recommended you to take the stability shoes then, or was that something you did yourself?
1: Oh, you know that that was one of those ones where I went to. Yeah, I was really new to running. I mean, I I, I see this a lot these days, and um, you know when you a lot of people when they when they get their running bug or they're new to it or they start seeing some improvement, whether you get into running because you quit smoking or because you've lost some weight or because you know whatever, any whatever reasons that, that you're doing it you know there's a certain sort of euphoric period where you start buying the gadgets, buying all the new stuff, and really getting into it and I was through really going through that period, so it was the Boston Marathon Expo uh three or four years ago. I just went there and uh there was they did one of these one of the stores here this thing where you run and then they they video your, your landing and then they play it back to you and say, "Look how your ankle's crunching, you need stability yep." Yeah. I, at the time, I didn't think of questioning it. So they're like, "Okay, well, buy our, buy by this specific shoe." To which I did, and that was it. I was thought, "Okay, well, he was right." And I've no idea, you know, that, I have no idea who the guy was. The guy could just be like the guy that you know, normally, normally working behind the checkout. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> but but that's how I did it, and I, you know, I never really questioned it since then. And obviously, I. Subsequent getting into it, I realized that I'm actually more of a neutral runner, and those shoes are po- possibly the worst I could use.
3: In my opinion, you know, most shoes for new runners are recommended by the, the store in, in-house the gait analysis. And um, of course, there are re- reviews on the website, but there's many an occasion when a runner has came to me and said that they didn't feel as if that shoe gave them the right stability or was the right shoe for them. So maybe there's a lot of training and and and. Technical know-how that needs to be passed from the manufacturers down to the, the stores.
1: I think that, but there's also a little bit of um, the shoe manufacturers themselves. Obviously, you know, we we trust, and my experience has been that a lot of them you know, they are they are runners. They love the running industry, but they're also in it to you know to to, to, so. to promote their brands as well. You know, they're a they a business. So you know, the more the, the more of a technology one-upmanship you can get on your competitor, then the more, um, obviously, that hopefully, the more you can sort of sell. And it was my fault as well. I went into a store that, I went into actually a brand store, so that they didn't sell any of the brands apart <laughs> <laughs> So You, you know, stuck with that one. Yeah, I, th- I think I'd, I'm filing that underneath the, uh, underneath the let the buyer beware kind of category. Yeah. Let's learn. <laughs> and it was interesting, though, because since I've been running in, say, Newton's and, you know, Nike Freeze, I've run in the Mizuno Precisions, which are also lightweight, no, lighter weight, neutral um, running shoes is I haven't, I mean, I still get a little bit of tweaks here and there because of the amount of mileage, but it, I've managed to, uh, I've, I've adapted back to a normal, to a normal running style and uh, I'm finding I don't need any sort of like of, of the stability stuff or any of this mm-hmm. thing, you know, I feel I like it could almost could run barefoot if we lived in a, in a place that was grass everywhere and no chance of, you know, anything, anything dodgy cutting through my foot. Just what you
0: said a minute ago, maybe think about... Um... We, You're saying that the that the running shoe companies generally have a pretty good idea of what they're doing, and uh, and that we kind of trust them. But I think it's 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 almost difficult to have that much trust. I mean, sure they they know what they're doing, but they're 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 still basing a lot of what they do based kind of on sales. And so, I mean, if they make something that's extraordinarily comfortable to slip on, it's it's probably going to get purchased more Absolutely. than something that's not. And if 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 the extraordinarily comfortable shoe isn't the best for running, then it 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 doesn't kind of appear until later. I'm a little bit concerned that uh, shoes are becoming more comfortable than they need to be. If that makes sense, more material, more padding, more foam, and everything. Whereas, not that that might not be the solution to the problem. I I think I think you're you're right as
1: well. And I think the interesting thing is, um, like Mike knows, the uh, you know the most informal running club this group we have over here. We're like a grassroots running group. Um, Mike used to come to that, right? Yep, yep, that's right. Yeah, Informalrunning.com, dot com. If anybody's listening, <laughs> um, and um, they um, basically they you know they had this uh, seminar last week at the, you know one of the stores here um, where Dan Lieberman, you know, who's the, the Harvard professor who's quotes often quoted in Born to Run, you know that that book that pretty much everyone's heard of, even my mum's heard of it. So it means it must be me. <laughs> wow, running <laughs> <I think laughs> it's like, um, but you know he was there and he's you know obviously he's a huge. Barefoot running advocate, you know, it, it, and it was it was interesting when he was speaking, and his point, which which I thought, which I agreed with, was that perhaps you know, running companies, you know, the, the products they make, they are, the, their intentions are good, clearly, you know, but uh, perhaps the education to to people that are getting into running of running form is what's lacking. Mm-hmm. So it's like you know, their products, no one designs products. You have faith, and I believe that that are going to injure people. But it's it's the education, I think, perhaps, you know, running style, running form, and and that, you know, which I think is, uh, Newton does that, very good at doing that. Like, you know, you buy their shoes, you open the box, and there's almost like a warning in there saying, look, read these things, you know, make sure you just, wrote, you know, you rotate into them one mile a week or, and this sort of stuff. And I, Newton is very good at educating people like that. And a lot of, a lot more of that, that is probably what's needed. It's just, it's just education. Because I think, you know, some people, like my sister, she's, She's an 11-minute mile runner. You know, she just did a first-half marathon. I'm incredibly proud of her and stuff. She never has no aspirations to run fast. She just wants to run injury-free. And she runs in e shoes, which she's never got injured. They're great for her. They are stability. They're, they, I look at them, I'm like, they're really heavy. But they, they really work well for her. She's, you know, she's ran, been running for a year now.
2: It seems like if, like if you were t- to turn back the clock a little bit, like, it's it would be rare to see a brand new runner just start into Newtons right away. So it's almost kind of like it seems like every runner has to do a little bit of trial and error before they kind of find the shoes that they want. I find that it's it's rare that you kind of the first time you go and buy a new pair of shoes that it's going to be the ones that you stick with.
1: Exactly. Well, and I think it's also we're just in the, we're in the midst of a huge running boom again, where like you know anybody in theory can just like oh oh well I'm going to run a marathon in six months and you know, they forgot they probably haven't ran for twenty years and. You know, and they're not the same person they was they were they were back then. And you know, I started playing softball again two or three years ago. And I I used to you know be pretty good at throwing things like javelin and stuff like that. So I start playing softball and start throwing the ball loads. And the next day, I can hardly move my arm. So I'm like, well, perhaps I shouldn't have done that. You know, it's the same same kind of analogy, I guess.
0: In in education, it's making making sure that the right Shoe reaches the runner's foot. For, based based on form, body type, and and, and style, and everything. I think yeah,
1: there's some real. I mean, there's some excellent. I mean, just just here in the in the Boston area. I mean, it, I, I, you know, there's a couple of there's a marathon sports. There's a Greater Boston um, Running Company. The two that I I'm from, you know obviously with City Sports as well. But the two specialty running chains that I that I go to, you know, they are they're excellent in there. They're very patient. They'll they'll analyze your gait. They'll you know, and I would I would suggest people that I've done this. This is my confession online on on, on the air now. Is that I you know I've been to two or three running stores to get to get to get opinion. I, I won't buy anything. I'll just go to two or three different ones to get the, the gate opinion and hear what people have got to say. And the special, speciality running stores I have found, I tend to be pretty honest and pretty good, at, you know, at recommending the right shoe for you. And I think a lot of them have this two week return gap policy and, and whatnot so I, w- I would suggest if you're new to running then that that's that's the places to go where the experts are
3: the question arises for me is we need all this different technology about support and different types of running if we were educated at a very young age to maybe perhaps uh, do everything in a neutral position where we to strengthen the left and the, the right leg at the same time and uh, with the same force you know then we'd be all would we all be neutral in the end or is it just a natural thing about lifestyle well obviously we Natural lifestyle at the moment, sitting at desks. We're never going to be able to avoid that. But certainly, if we were taught to stretch and do yoga, and maybe have this holistic body view whenever we were in school, then maybe there mightn't might be a need for this support in the future.
1: So, perhaps a yeah. lack of education is there. That's a good point. I think there's also um, there's also a case that some people just aren't perhaps running perhaps might not be the thing for them, you know, they're just yes, naturally, naturally. Uh, it, it's, it's just like not, early. you know, for whatever physical, whatever reason, you know, um, skeletal, muscular, skeletal, skeletal reason, whatever, running a, a better hobby might be cycling or something, just, you know, some people perhaps are just more prone to injuries, um, regardless of the shoe.
3: So we talk a lot about shoes, is there any other technologies that you use, like DPS or injury prevention or anything else that would you normally take? Maybe under? apparel as well. Yeah, apparel as well.
1: I'm um, GPS. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I mentioned, and I mean, I, I've somewhere again back, back on my on the website. It's only been seven months, but I say somewhere back in it because I guess I post every day. I did. Um, I, I've, I've become pretty fond of of the Garmin GPSs. Um, I got to say, Garmin they're, they're, they're give me give me nothing, and you know, this is on my own kind of just personal research. Um, that the Garmin watches I, I really like because, for example, I just posted this morning. We went for a run, five mile run last night, and um, you know, once you are finished, you take a look and you see exactly where you've been. You see, it, you can see the elevation, you can see it's just very very user friendly. So I'm a big fan of that. I don't like running with you know, of course, like like most of us, I've got a smartphone and yeah. I don't like running with that and using that as my GPS because I don't it's, it's not as accurate and it's kind of cumbersome. Mm-hmm. But some of these watches, uh, say Garmin is the you know, Nike Nike and TomTom Tom have just sort of come together and bought out this new watch which which looks very cool. But I, I like the ones that give me as much detail as possible, so like as I'm running, is how, what's my current pace, what's my pace for the, the distance so far, for the current mile, how many calories have I burnt, and that's my little trick by the way, is when I'm running a marathon, is I don't look at the distance or the pace, I just look at how many calories I've burnt. Do
3: you think a GPS makes you run more, or is it just an interesting... Makes it more enjoyable? Yeah. What's...
1: It, it, it makes it kind of, it, I, I like it. I mean, I know a lot of people, some people don't. They like just to, just to use the old-fashioned watch and just tick off the miles. You know, at every mile marker, they just press it. But I like it because it's good, not so much for racing, but for the training when you're going out. I like to know, all right, well, if I go out for 40 minutes, how far have I been in that distance? It just, I'm just the kind of person that likes to know everything. You know, so it, for me, it's really good like that. So um,
3: where could GPS go for the the novice runner, do you think, or the person who's just starting? Do you think well, there's opportunity for that? well, there's
1: been, I mean, if they, an obvious GPS route, I know a lot of the, like, the, the, the Nike one I just mentioned, Garmin, obviously, they've bought out more entry-level ones now, yeah. so it's, you know, you just you turn it on, come outside, point it towards the sky, and then, you know, God willing, 20 seconds, normally like three minutes later on, it yeah, yeah. <laughs> finds the satellites, but I'm going to be not cynical, 20 seconds later on, it finds the satellites, and then you press, and you're off. You know, there's nothing complicated about it. As you get more into it, if you're the kind of sort of more technology-minded person and you like all the different options, and, you know, like I have a more advanced uh, watch that tells me, you know, gives me all the different menu screens and options. Um, so I think there's something there for the beginner. But I know that a lot of people, like I started, I was using the Nike Plus system. You put a chip in your shoe, and it's just based on your motion, and, you know, rather than, like, your GPS. But I don't like that. I like the option of being able to... You no, know, post my route on my blog, post it online, email it to my friends. I like to be able to. I don't do it very often. Maybe, well, in fact, I never do it. But I would like the option of going back and looking at my Chicago Marathon and saying, wow, look at that. I, that. That's where I ran on that marathon, just to remind myself of, you know, that I've done this stuff before, and it, you know.
3: I think uh, I think it'd be great if GPS took the next stage. Um, and basically, as you were running with your GPS, perhaps you you went past some sort of historical building and it gave you some. In your earpiece or whatever, gives you some information about a historical building or whatever. You know, looking at your location and saying, "Oh, there's another runner coming down you. Who's beating you? And he's going a bit faster. If you go a bit quicker, then you get to the end a lot quicker than him, or something like that." So it's got a lot of potential. I think it's only just at the start of where GPS can really
1: go. You could you could do like a you know in the big cities do a dating thing, so you can just press that you're single before you go running. <laughs>
3: yeah. Well, running and, and uh, getting a lady and getting a man is, is meant <laughs> yeah. to be. Yeah. Like shopping, shopping, and libraries, and running are meant to be the three
0: things that <laughs> I don't know why I know that. <laughs> if we look back like 20 20 years ago, maybe or or more, distance and and pace and heart rate and things were were perhaps more of a tending towards elite athletes or very competitive. And then maybe like 10 years ago, the Nike at least had a, a had a footpod accelerometer watch, and now we can measure heart rate and 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 distance and with with GPS and everything. And so the, but the the competitive stuff is sort of rather the, the competitive athletes, professionals are looking at body temperatures and, and blood sugar levels and everything. Do you think do you think recreational running technologies will progress that far to to get sort of physiological data? You uh, think, w- would you be interested in, in that or something that's something that's useful, or do you think that might just be a bit too far? I got to be honest,
1: I have no idea which way it's which way it's going. I I didn't really thought about that, but. I think I would probably, I think that I get enough information now, yeah, but then yeah. you always, I always think that I thought that, you know, like 10 years ago, you're like, this is the ultimate. Who, need, who needs more than, a, than an iPod? You know what I mean? And like now there's an iPhone. God knows what they will be in 10 years. So, Steve Jobs is doing his
3: job well.
1: <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. And I, I think like three, I think things will get easier to use. I think battery is a big factor on the GPS's. I mean, like, you know, the GPS watch, you can't you know, you have to keep remembering to charge it up. So hopefully the ease of use will, will get better. I know the Nike TomTom Tom watch that just came out. is very easy to charge up. It's got like a USB charger in the, in the strap, which is very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm presuming the ease of use will, will sort of will lower the entry, entry barrier into these things. They're also still reasonably expensive. Even an entry-level GPS watch is, I think, at least $150, $180. So presumably the cost of those will go down. But I think the way for the average runner, I think it's going to be more smartphone apps is, is the way people are going to do it. I think you can go out, I'm not completely sure of this, but like say the Nike Plus app on the iPhone might be like free or you know, less than $5. Mm-hmm. To get the similar wrist strap with the same functionality, or less functionality actually because there's not really much data on it, visible at any one time, will cost you sort of 60 bucks or something. So I think the barrier to entry is yeah. going to come through apps and getting people online, getting the community, the Nike Plus community, the, uh, the Adidas bought out the MyCoach thing, um, Recently, I, I, I'm, I think there's a community on for that online. Obviously, Garmin. I just saw on Twitter yesterday, Garmin just had their logged their one billionth mile from their Garmin Connect thing wow. on. Yeah. it's like well, you know. And it's, that community, the, the Garmin Connect is, is very cool. I mean, it's so is the Nike Plus. What you know, it, you're on a community where you can challenge people and you can see it. And you know, like I go back to my sister, she would post stuff on her Facebook saying, "I ran 12k yesterday." You know, check out my Nike. I think that's where it's going to go more as a community online. Lose calories. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I've lost this many calories. You know, mom's weight loss challenge. You know, or whatever this sort of stuff.
2: And then it gives the companies an instant kind of connection to their customer, right? Oh, absolutely, instant
1: Plus. feedback. Yeah. And I think you know, like, well, you know, Nike, for example, has that te- here in the states. Has the 10K challenge once a year or twice a year? I forgot what they call it, but it's the you know the Nike Plus 10K. Where well, around the world, I think it is, but certainly in the US. Everybody runs a 10K out of their Nike town store or something at the same time with a Nike Plus watch on. And that, that then feeds into a community online. So, you know, there's no, you know, I think, it, I think it'll go more and more that way. But what do I know? I'm useless. If I knew this stuff, I'd be rich now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what, what about um, technology elsewhere? We've spoken about shoes, but apparel, is there anything trending or anything new that's, that's coming
1: out? Ooh. You know, I mean, I, I'm speaking from a very, you know, I, I run a lot with, some pretty intense kind of you know runners. A lot of the people that I run with, um, say on Saturday morning, you know, in, in our group, or when we do a Thursday night runs, they run. For, we're on with a BAA here, often training for a marathon of some sort. The perpetual marathon training cycle, as we call it, <laughs> and, you know, they've. The gear, you know, it's quite traditional in the stuff that they wear, but when you go out at night time, you know, you do. There has been a lot more, certainly the last two or three years, a lot more focus on, you know, nighttime apparel, you know, how you can LED lights that charge up DVD. and you've got some, you know, USB lights, The Socony VisiPro line, which is, you know, very, very bright, very designed for, for nighttime running. Um, relay running, of course, is taking off big time, you know, with things like Reach the Beach and so forth over here. You know, so so night, no nighttime running gear, nighttime training gear, and stuff is is certainly something you see a lot of, a lot more of. I've also noticed the trend of, you know, running companies that traditionally were thought of as you know, old guys with beards running in New Balance or Socony shoes in a specific running running store, you know, well like Socony or New Balance, they're becoming much more sports lifestyle there. So where's where is the before they were more, you know, more thought of as just very specialized running shoes. And they're developing the whole sort of apparel around it, almost becoming like a Nike or a Puma or something.
3: Well, the, the socony and, and Brooks and all that are starting to turn into uh, 24-7 sports brands as well. So they're not only thinking about whenever you're running, but they're also thinking about whenever you recover. Like, for example, the compression wear. now they're thinking about what you sleep in and what you yep. get up in, what you train in, what you prepare your competition for. So it's they're all starting to... Think about this uh, three hundred and sixty degree or total lifestyle kind of thing, which is absolutely fantastic. And personally, I think uh, the mo- major innovations in the future will will not be when you're on the field, but will will be whenever you're recovering, whenever you're sleeping, whenever you're trying to get back to that um, competition or ready for that next training session. So what? I would think look out for them for your blog.
1: Very true. I mean, like, actually, funny enough, I'm I've just recently relatively recently got into the compression gear. You know, the compression slip yeah, cast sleeves. Yeah. And that's something that they recommend, you know, when you get into minimalist runnings, you know, while you're running or even for recovery afterwards, is, is wearing compression gear. And you know, you're seeing all sorts of technologies. There's one recently, friend of friend of ours, Andy. He just bought these ones where the compression socks for your arms and legs, whatever. That also you can stick ice things in there.
3: All right.
1: You know, like the ice, those ice blocks you put in the freezer that you use when you, you know, when yeah, you go. Yeah, yeah. That one warm, one warm summer day in England, when you want to take a hamper outside, you you know you put those little ice blocks that you get from the freezer in them. And, um, Did you say know, this,
3: summer day in England uh, in the same sentence? <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. Oh, that once a decade. <laughs>
3: yeah, that's it. <laughs>
1: yeah, and um, you know, so th- you're right. I mean, it yeah definitely it, it has become much more lifestyley. You know, and there was a time when I think, and I'm unfortunately I'm a bit like of a of a brand um, a brand loyalist, so. Uh, I like to, if, I, if I'm if I'm running, I like to wear all, say, I'm going to say Nike gear necessarily. I, I don't like to have, like, a Nike top and then Brooks shorts and ASIC right. socks. It's um, I've, And I've seen a lot of that where people are like, all right, well, I, I like Nike gear. And, you know, so I'm going to wear most of that. The shoes might be by somebody else. And I think that, you know, the shoe companies are perhaps like, well, we we can make some good apparel as well. If they weren't going to run in sockony shoes, let's have them wear sockony shorts and tops as well. So I think, I think you've sort of seen that trend where, it you know. You're exactly right. They're becoming much more sports lifestyle brands rather than just a running company. Yeah,
0: definitely an interesting time. Would Would you say the um, the running community is relatively open to new new technologies, new changes um, compared to other sports? Or if you like, like Newton, for example, is something that's is probably more different than than a lot of the new technologies um, that are released by some of the bigger brands. Do you think there's there's hesitation just because of the newness there, or or in apparel like like switching to new fabrics, new materials, and things? Or do you think well, it's a, a relatively open try the try the new stuff type feel?
1: Well, I think it's like it's like any um, anything that there's there'll be resistant to change from from some people, and then you know other people are more willing to embrace it. Um, a lot of it's down to I mean I guess the good thing about running is that there isn't uh, there isn't a whole lot of sort of parameters, you know. It, um, You know, it's a pair of shoes, and and what sort of watch you might use, what sort of sunglasses you might want to wear, and what fuel belt. But most of that stuff is you don't need that. It's more like, okay, what shoes and what what get you know what clothing are you going to run in? The rest of it is is sort of it's additional. You don't need it. So I think there is there is a certain amount of people. I think are happy to try things out, but there's also a certain amount of there's not a whole lot of stuff you can throw at a runner, really. You know, and I think one of the big you know, the bigger trend, and obviously you talked about minimalism being a big trend, and, you know, there was, of course there's huge barriers to entry for that. I mean, the, 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 over the last two or three years, you've seen all the big companies now developing their own minimalist shoe, whereas I think when Born to Run came out and the Vibrams came out, and I was guilty of it when I saw people running in Vibrams, disclaimer, I still weren't running them because I, I just don't like sticking my toes in them, but... <laughs> Just, my toes are a weird shape so it just feels uncomfortable but I got people that I know that, that run marathons and they love them and so it's each to their own I guess but there was a lot of when I saw them I was very cynical about how how can minimalist running work, work? seriously and you know Newton have found their good niche for doing it the barrier to entry for them I think is you know they're, they're quite expensive yeah. uh, so it's, it's expensive gamble if they don't work for you then you have just put down hundred and fifty dollars you know which is it, it, you know it's a lot of money but yeah I, I,
3: I think people are pretty open um, so you're going to continue with your your marathon running in and trying all these products. And what's the, what's the future for cheeky running now? Are you just going to continue with
1: that? You know, I I, I think so for now. I've signed up for the Philadelphia Marathon um, in November. Um, See, so right now I'm doing so. I left my um, I was working for a big marketing agency until um, end of March, and you know, I, I I quit from them. I wanted to um, try something new up here in Boston. I was getting a lot of traction with doing cheeky running. I was getting a lot of doing some freelance work for some other, some other sort of companies. And so, uh, yeah, I'm, at the moment, I've got, I've got a, a, some free time to focus on, on doing this, and I enjoy it, and uh, I'd like to keep it up in some capacity. It just depends where I end up working one day or what I end up doing. We'll back much,
3: in you can give us all your knowledge and come back here and tell us everything that you know instead of sharing it with the Americans.
1: Oh, uh, yeah, you know, <laughs> I've been entering, entering very dangerous territory recently. The last couple of days, my posts have talked about the uh, Boston Bruins winning the Stanley Cup. Oh, yes. And to, I mean, I'll say it right now. I don't know much about ice hockey. and that. I just know it's, it's great to be in a city where they're winning it. It's a fun, it's a fun sport to watch, but it's like, oh, I'm writing about this stuff where I could get myself in trouble. So I'm being very, very careful about, about sticking to writing about what I know. Yeah. And you're doing it well as well. Oh, well, thank you. I yeah. You. I appreciate that. I'm, I've got a few people that now and again ping me privately saying, hey, typo here. Hey, you spell oh. that. <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate it.
2: So why don't you just kind of tell us again um, where we can find your writing, your um, tweets and everything like that.
1: Yeah, so um, I have, uh, it's, it's a blogger, it's, it's on the blogger platform, but I've, it, it, if you put in www.cheekyrunning, C-H-E-E-K-Y com, that'll direct you to the site. And um, I, I have a Twitter thing as well, it says at Cheekyrunning. So those two should get you there, and uh, and I'm pretty active. So if you if people email me or write to me, then I'm, I enjoy it, and hopefully people can understand some of the British words I use in there.
2: <laughs> okay, and anything uh, you want to say about the running clubs you're involved in in Boston, just to get those guys out there too?
1: Yeah, I mean if you're if you're in the Boston area, then the the, the uh, running club that I, that got me into it, and it's the um, it's the most informal running club ever. To Mercy they call it, and. Um, best way to find them is go to informal and they're a really good bunch of sort of local friendly recreational runners. And I say that there's some, one of the guys there just won the race yesterday. So there's some really fast people there as well, but it's a really good friendly um, group of people. And, uh, I go to it regularly and, uh, it's it's. I definitely recommend that, Mike. You've been to that a few times too. I think back in the day.
2: Yeah, it's a great experience.
1: Yeah, it's fun, and they have food, and you know, there's little get-togethers now and again. They do a track workout on Tuesday, but it's you know, if you're just getting into running and you've never run for years, that's the place to go. You'll find someone that 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 is in the same boat as you.
2: Okay, great, Martin. So uh, thanks again for coming on and sharing your uh, knowledge of the running community in Boston and uh, all the products out there. So thank you. Uh, hope you enjoyed I, it. So, I appreciate it. it. Thanks.
1: Anytime. Have a have a good weekend. Yeah.